And all I had to do was call and activate it. I'm like, this is going to be, you know, some Starbucks, you know, at most $10, you know, of which I'd be grateful for. I'm thankful for it all. I'm thankful for it all. Seeds and meals. <clears throat> Man, I call and activate that thing $100. $100. So, so we're, we're in faith together about, about some, I don't need it, but I want it. How many know he'll, he'll supply your needs, but he'll also give you the desires of your heart. I don't, I don't need this, but I want it. Um, and so I, I got me somebody to get in faith with me. And so I'm in faith. I'm in, I'm in faith for, you know what I've started to do? I'm thanking God in advance that I'm in my month and that he can give me what I want. He don't have to do it. It's not a need, but it's a want. When we stand in faith for something, whether we're believing God for healing, whether we're believing God for a baby to be delivered, whatever these other unspoken needs are, you don't wait until it shows up. You thank him before it gets there. Quad is a sneakerhead. We're going to talk a little bit about him today. He's a sneakerhead, so we took him to SneakerCon on yesterday. But them tickets were expensive. And then he wanted to take friends with him. You know, when you take somebody else's kids, you know, you, you feel like that's, that's your responsibility, right? And, and, so, and so Quad gets in the car after the football game. After this football game, his friend, one friend gets in, we meet and pick up another friend. And um, uh, Quad's back there, he's just turned. You know, he's, he's, he's on 10 because he's excited. He knows what his budget is. And, and then he has a pair of tennis shoes. Y'all know what SneakerCon is? It's like you take your old tennis shoes, your good old tennis shoes, and then you trade them with folk or you sell them to people. So Quad's got a pair of tennis shoes. Um, pair, a pair of Jordan cements. This is how he walk in them. He walk in them like this because nobody wants creased tennis shoes. So I'm like, boy, you look like you got issues. He trades the tennis. He's going to go and trade tennis shoes. But you know what Quad did? When he gets in the car, he goes, thanks, Dad. Th thanks, Mom, for taking me. Thank now, he hadn't gotten the pair of tennis shoes that he wanted yet. But his friends are in the car. And he's expecting that when he gets to SneakerCon, that he's going to see something that he wants. And my kids have, the, I don't know about your kids, but they have, my kids have the tendency to, to want more than what they budgeted for. Quad starts saying, thank you, Dad. I, I, I thank you for, Mom, Dad, thank you for, Dad, I know you need to be do, working on your sermon. Thank you, thank you for taking me and my friends to sneak. Hadn't gotten nothing, but he starts thanking me. Quad came out a winner yesterday. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Quad, Quad got a pair of rare shoes. It worked for him. And you know what he started doing? Once he got it, he started, thank you, Dad, so much. Thank you, Mom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I wish I, wish I had. It would be bananas in here if somebody would catch what I'm saying. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It's only two categories of people. Those that have gotten it that are giving God praise for it and those that are waiting for it 
to show up in your hands. I want the grateful folk that knows that God will answer prayer, that prayer changes things, to give God a hand of praise. It's already done. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ah, yeah. Yes. 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 Yes, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel some atmosphere shifts happening in this place. I feel some atmospheric shifts happening. Mm. Praise God, praise God. All right, okay. All right, so, so we can praise God in advance for what we're waiting. We're about to give in advance. We're going to do that too. We're going to thank God for that too. We're about to give in advance. We're about to give in advance. Uh, we welcome our streaming audience on this morning. And we're thankful that the Lord has uh, led you to where we are. I don't know what angel had to jump in your Facebook feed uh, for you to find us. I invite our folk that are here on this morning uh, to go to Relevant Life TV uh, on Facebook go forward slash relevant life tv a little bit easier and a little shorter than remembering the church jasper dot alicia williams just go forward slash relevant life tv the stream is live uh why don't you go ahead and share that on your on your on your screen please uh this gentleman that's standing up here in the back here uh, at this booth just raise raise your hand uh, minister michael harper he's a fellow pk and um god has sent us an amazing and an incredible blessing um amazing and incredible blessing he, he's incredibly gifted in so many different areas, and he is the manifestation of a prayer uh, that I've been praying to take things to the next level. And uh, Mike starts sharing with me one of the plans. Um, uh, you know, I appreciate people that don't just give you problems, but they present solutions. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Um, Mike has jumped on, grabbed a hold to the vision, and uh, he has this thing called Share the Church. And so whenever you see on any of our, any of our um, uh, social media stuff, if you see Michael Harper um, and he's talking about Share the Church, that, that's part of our vision and where we're wanting to go. We're going to create our own space. We're going to create our own space um, for, for our voice and what the Lord is saying here to be spoken into. And so just even as you're sharing on this morning, um, Share the Church. Hashtag Share the Church if you'd like. Uh, anybody glad that you found the church? Amen. 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 Yeah. He found a wife when he came to church. <laughs> Some stuff happened in church, right? Right, right. All right, we're going to give. We're going to give by faith. There, there are a few categories of people. Um, some of y'all are still supporting Relevant Life, even though we've been, I've been deliberately silent or quiet 
um, about, about Relevant Life and what's happening. And thank you for your faith offering. Some of y'all have set up your giving uh, to happen automatically. Thank you very much. It, it is still being used and moving towards uh, Relevant Life. As a matter of fact, our budget is way higher than what actually comes in. But because there's some folk who are faithful with the tithe and with the offering, we're able to kind of keep plotting until we put something, uh, something more uh, firm in place um, to begin challenging and reaching out. Uh, so thank you all for those of y'all who continue to support Relevant Life. Uh, but we know that, that no gift matters more than the tithe and the offering. No gift matters more than the tithe and the offering. It's funny how folk get, get, get dumb in the SAT scores in math when you start talking about do 10%. And they start counting on their fingers and, you know, they just kind of miscalculate, right? But the tithe is the dime that we owe, that we owe God. Uh, the offering is the seed that we sow. We know that we can only reap perpetual harvest if we sow perpetual seed. And so thank you all for giving and your, the, giving the tithe and giving the offering. We invite our streaming audience, uh, please also, if you are a repeat attender, uh, jump on in here. All the information is there on the screen. Um, and then thank you all for sowing into our life. Thank you for sowing, uh, sowing into your life. And may it rebound back into your life. That, that thing starts talking about a prophet's reward. A prophet's reward. Uh, what's a prophet's reward? A prophet's reward is when something happens the way the prophet said it would. When something happens the way the prophet says that it would. And so when you start, when you start talking about asking um, that you want a prophet's reward, we, that means that something's going to happen the way it was prophesied to you that it would happen. And you always, don't need, uh, you always don't need a prophetic voice right now for someone to look at you. But God can speak to you. Children can speak to you. Animals, nature. God has so many ways in which he can speak. Our prayer is that you receive a prophet's reward. If you're giving by cell phone or digitally, the instructions on how to support and how to do that are there on the screen. Would you lift up your offering envelopes, please? Would you lift up your offering envelopes? Father, our giving is a sense of appreciation. Uh, we're grateful for the stuff you've brought us out of. Been through the fire and don't smell like smoke. Been through the flood and our clothes aren't wet. We are grateful. But there's nothing that trumps what it is that we're grateful for more than our gratitude toward the cross, even though we don't always show it. Even though we don't always show it. What you did at Calvary was beyond anything that we deserved. When you sent your only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. So we give today, Father, with attitude and expectation. We're grateful, but also we're expecting you to do what you said you'd do. We give by faith, and we give it in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. As, you're, as, the, as the ushers, excuse me, are circulating our containers, you might continue your worship as those offering pans pass by you. If you're giving with your digital device, uh, you might not want to put your phone in the bucket. You might want to might just keep it in your hands. Mike, can I get a little more? It seems a little off balance, like I'm hearing more from my left than my right. If I can get just a little more, I'd be appreciative. Oh, Zion and Judah, y'all bless me today. Mm -hmm. Y'all bless me. Thank you, Tim, for how it is that you lead us, and thank you for your sensitivity. Um, 
That was good. That was some good stuff. All right, so we are continuing, and today we're actually finishing our series that we started um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this is the third week of the un, um, Living the Extraordinary Life. Well, what's the name of my sermon title? The Art of Being Unordinary. They wouldn't put it up quick enough. I was trying to cheat a little bit. The, the Art of Being Unordinary. <clears throat> uh, today is the third and final installation. Something about preaching series, it kind of gives a very nice, clean uh, cutoff. And each of our sermons or presentations have been intended to um, pick up a different facet, a different stream. We laid in which, uh, in our first sermon on this, on this subject title, we laid the, some def, basic definitions of what purpose what destiny is, how they collide together. <clears throat> Tried to be very, very applicable to give you some questions and some stuff to work through. In our second piece, we start talking about um, what rebellion against purpose is, what it looks like. And it was very clear, Mike, that sounds good, thank you. It was very clear that Jonah was our picture. Jonah was our picture of what rebellion looks like. Um, today, I, I want to I wanna, um, go a little bit further and, and I really want to make an investment. I want you to spend your time looking at you and, and unpacking you. I want you to spend your time. We're going to spend our time unpacking, unpacking you. <clears throat> so the art of being unordinary. There, there are five questions that I presented in part one. And I'm just going to quickly run through those five questions. Um, these are questions that you want to ask yourself as you're trying to determine your own purpose. See, the problem, the problem is that we can start doing life and become successful at doing life, but not living in purpose or not living on purpose. In other words, family life gets, starts happening. You start advancing in your career. Um, you know, you start achieving certain levels of recognition, but there's an emptiness. There, there's an emptiness. Um, and the purpose of this sermon series, uh, the purpose of these questions, is to make you really reevaluate. Now, I was honest and transparent and said that uh, somebody asked me, so what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I'm a 45-year-old man. Well, it, ain't, it ain't that much more to grow. And as much as I didn't like his question that was being posed and asked of me, and the snarkiness in which it was being asked, it hit a place in me. Because I'm at a place um, in my life where I feel like there's more to do. And I feel like there's more to achieve. Now, I'm very clear about certain things, but I'm reaching. I'm trying to figure out what God is saying. I, I need to unpack what's there, what's in my spirit, what's on the inside of me, what God has deposited there. And so, so as, as, as awesome as... Uh, life is and how good God's been and the victories and starting something uh, out of nothing. Um, I, I still know that there's more to my life. Amen. I know that there are other levels to achieve. Um, I can't rise up. I can't rise up in on the food chain here because I'm kind of at toward the top. You, you understand what I'm saying? I'm, 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 the only thing above me is is the is the shepherd. Um, in, in other words, it's not like I'm starting um, in, in youth ministry and I'm staging my way up. And it's not that I'm not grateful for, for, being, for being here. Y'all know y'all had a whole bunch of places and choices that you could have gone to church this morning. A lot of places. Y'all passed a whole bunch of churches. 
uh, on your on your way here today. I'm, I'm grateful that God has called you here. But I also know that there is more on the inside of me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're grateful for the life that you live. You, you can eat where you want to eat and all those other kinds of things. But you know that there's more to you than just your nine to five. You, you know there's more to you than just raising children, than, 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 just being, than just being a spouse. And so these five questions that we're going to go through quickly are designed to make you think. I hope that you're taking notes on today. All right, here's the first question. What brought you joy when you weren't trying to fit in? Uh, what brought what brings you joy um, when you were a child or, or even now? What brings you joy when you're not trying, when you're not trying to fit in? When everybody else is doing their thing, what are you doing? Uh, what is it that, that excites you? Uh, you know, God has made us quirky. You know, it's, it's all right to be quirky. And when you're, some of, some of us have learned how to be uh, socially adept and distance ourselves from our quirkiness. But when you're at home by yourself, you walk around the house with one sock on. What, what, what is it about your design that, that, you, that, you, would, that, you, that, that you do? It, bring, it brings you joy. Uh, what, what brings you joy or what has brought you joy when you were not trying to fit in? Here's the second question. What do you enjoy doing? There are a lot of folk that are in careers that don't like their career. A lot of people have become successful in their career, but do not like their career. What, what do you enjoy doing? Not what you get paid to do, but what do you enjoy doing? You know the difference between a job and joy? A B and a Y. And if you, I'd rather go to my joy every morning than to have to go to my job Every morning. The difference between joy and job is a B and a Y. Here's a third question. Introspective question. You and the Holy Spirit have to unpack these. What do you know that you don't know why you know it? What do you know that you don't know why you know it? What, what trivia do you, do you enjoy? Um, um, you know, what, what, what is it that has, that has hit your screen that you're like, well, I didn't take a class on that. I, I didn't, my, my parents were never that way. How did I, where did I even find this out? What, what do you know that you don't know why you know it? These are all clues and hints to where it is and to what it is that would determine our purpose. Here's the fourth question. What do people around you say and see about you? What do people around you say and see about you? Here's the fifth question. What is God saying about you? What, what, what is God saying about you? What is God saying to you? God could speak to us through our dreams, through our visions. What is God saying about you? These are all great questions that I hope that you have spent time asking yourself or that you will spend time asking yourself. But I hate to break the news. I hate to break it to you that answering the questions aren't equivalent to doing the work. Digging in, pressing in, leaning into these questions is not equivalent. Can I just tell you, this is not Dorothy. To discover purpose is not for you to put on a pair of silver slippers or those ruby red sparkly slippers and click your heels three times and bam, you're in purpose. In order to get into purpose, you have to do 
the work. We, we want purpose to show up in an envelope. We want it to show up in the envelope. And all we want to do is just open the envelope and bam, I got my purpose assignment. I know what I'm supposed to do. But the reality is, is that um, uh, God's purpose doesn't reveal everything to us in a template. I'm fairly confident that he never does that. He never, he never lets you show up someplace, put a code in, and get your purpose out. And you know what? In order for us to discover our purpose, it's going to take not only partnering with God, but it's going to take some effort. It's going to take some effort. I had a very interesting conversation with my son yesterday morning. Um, I heard him. I heard his feet. Um, and, I, and I yelled out to him. I said, quiet. And he, he comes, in my, he comes in, in my room, still in the bed. And he has a football game. It's fairly early. Uh, and he comes in the bedroom. He says, yes. And a very interesting question, uh, conversation with Quad. You know, he's playing football, but his heart is lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's, he's doing pretty good playing football, but he absolutely loves lacrosse. So that was, that was, that was striking to me. And so I asked him the question. I said, why do you like playing lacrosse? He goes, I don't know. I started to say, quiet, I'm, I'm, I think you're going to help me write my sermon today, and I'm going to need a little bit more than I don't know. Uh, why, why do you like playing lacrosse? I, I, don't, I don't know. Okay. Uh, quiet, your, your pads really smell bad. His lacrosse pads, you know, they, they, they stink. I mean. We don't put them things in the garage. We, we need to put them outside the garage and close the garage. And you wake up the next morning and where they were sitting, the garage is green. Those things, they smell horrible. I said, Quad, I said, uh, the stench of your pads, that, that don't bother you? Nope, I really don't smell it. Something wrong with your nose, kid. Something has to be wrong with your kids. Now, when you get one boy that plays lacrosse, that's one smell. But when you get a whole team of boys in funky, stinky pads, boy, I, I will. It, I, it is nauseating. Say, quiet. You don't smell the other guys on your team. He goes, hmm, I guess sometimes. And that smell doesn't bother you? Mm, not really. I guess I wouldn't be playing lacrosse. Quiet plays goalie. Now, in order to score in lacrosse, just in case you didn't know, the ball has to get into the net. Quad is the one that stands in front. And his job is to keep the ball from getting into the net. And those balls, they come flying fast and hard. I mean, you know, when he was younger, 67 miles an hour. But sometimes, sometimes those balls can touch 100 miles per hour. And Quad's job is to stand in front of a ball going 80, 90 miles an hour. And use a stick with a space about this big to quickly stop the ball 
from going to the net. Now, who do you think folk get mad at first? The goalie. I'm one of them parents that'll fight, okay? It, you know, like, just because the boy missed a goal, don't you say nothing to him. Ah, oh, the goalie let another one go by. Hey, 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 hey. Watch yourself, partner. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. Don't let this Bible fool you. Watch yourself. That's my son. That's my son. So now what I do, I show up. I go, that's my son playing goalie. That's my, just in case anybody won't say something, that's my son. She'd be all polite and uh, <clears throat> we're not going to say those kinds of things. I'm like, hey, hey, what's your kid doing? He's sitting on the bench, ain't he? At least my plan. Now, now what? What? I know y'all pray for me. I, I got some unredeemed qualities about myself. But that's huge responsibility to keep that little tiny ball from going. Into the, into the goal. I said, quad, that's not nerve-wracking. I mean, you know, you, you, you don't, that doesn't bother you that, that you have to stop. Your responsibility is to stop the ball. He goes, no, actually, it's kind of exhilarating. Hmm. Quad will come home from practice, and he goes, look, Dad, look, I got a bruise. I got a, I got a bruise. It's, it's, it's kind of blue now, but when it gets black, I mean, it'll start to spread. I got one on my arm, and I got one on my legs. You see, Dad? Our practice was great. Wait a minute, let me get this right. You're proud of the bruise. See, to create a bruise, something has to hit the skin at an incredibly high force. And even though quad has on pads, everything ain't padded. So he takes, he takes great pride in showing me and his mother his bruises. So I said, I said, son, you know, you, you don't have to do this. You know, you don't have to bruise yourself. We, we can find something else for you. Oh, no, Dad. I can't wait to go to practice tomorrow. And then our game on Saturday. Oh, Dad. So you all right with smelly pads? You okay with balls flying at you at 80, 90 miles an hour, standing in front of the goal? You're all right with the fate of the teams, W or L, resting on your shoulders? You're all right and you like bruises. What am I missing? Then I start thinking about it. Maybe it's not, I'm not missing anything. Maybe Quad is preaching. When we get finished with school today, um, um, excuse me, with church, to, church today. Yeah. As soon as we get finished with church, with church today. Uh, you know, it's good to experience financial freedom because, you know, when the other little things come, you can, you can bless folks that you want to bless and work real hard last year to pay off some debt and just send a big, 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 big check uh, this past week because we want to live debt free because the more is available, the more I can give, the more I can sow, the more we can expand the kingdom. And so got a late request, a late email. Um, and Pastor Alicia says uh, there's a clinic on Sunday that Quad wants to go to. I'm thinking, is that his school? 
She goes, but, but it, it costs. It costs. I said, how much is it? She told me how much it is. I said, go and register. And that's, that's fine. Quite said, I gets in the car, we're getting our hair cut on Friday. I said, Mom told me about the clinic, and she went in and registered you. Oh, yes. Oh, great. I'm going to have so much fun. I'm going to have so much fun. We rode in together this morning. We rode in together this morning. And we sitting, riding in the church this morning. Quad goes, Dad, I am so excited about going to that clinic on the day. I said, Quad, what is so exciting about the clinic? Dad, it's going to be a bunch of um, 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 uh, college players and, and pro players there. I said, what, what are y'all going to learn? He said, pretty much they'll just shoot the ball at me for, three, for two hours. <laughs> You're just going to stand there and let folk in college. Boy, you ain't even in high school. Dang, you don't get it. It's going to be some, some lacrosse goalie coaches that are there. And, 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 and they're going to they're gonna just throw the ball at me. We're just going to do drills, and they're just going to keep shooting at me. Dad, I am so excited. I am so excited. Quad has found something to make him come alive. Touch your neighbor and say, Quad preaching this morning. Quad is preaching. Quad is preaching this morning. Last question I asked Quad, we're going to jump into this thing because now it's time to take the principles that Quad tells us and apply them to our lives for it to bless us. So when we grow up, we'll know what we want to be. Uh, um, say, Quad, how long do you want to play lacrosse? college there are professional lacrosse leagues I said you you want to play through college well why wouldn't you want to be pro they don't make enough money that's my son that's my boy that's, that's my son dad do, do you not know that the, the the highest paid lacrosse player only makes two hundred thousand dollars to me, I'm thinking, that's, that's, I play cross. I, I, you, you throw a ball at me, you know, we, we can do some things. <laughs> he said, but dad, that's with endorsements. And he said, the, all the others, they, they don't make, they don't make that. They don't make money. So son, are you telling me? Because you see, I know it's not about how much money he can make. It's about him doing what God has called him to do. And no matter how much or how little you make, whenever your daddy is named Abba, you can find not only purpose and fulfillment, but all needs get met. And you see, what Quad is preaching, before Quad even start preaching, is that you got to stop chasing money. And start chasing design. God, how have you made me? What, what, what do you want me to do? What do I know that I don't know how I know it? What do I like doing? What do folks say about me? What are you saying about me? What, what, do, what do friends say about me? I said, quite, if you don't want to play lacrosse, um, what do you want to do when you grow up? He said, he said I, I want to be, so I'm starting not to think about, let me back up. He wanted to be a plastic surgeon. And we had a good talk about that one because I said, buddy, plastic surgeons, they don't, they don't wait for the insurance to pay them. Oh, y'all don't understand. Y'all think that plastic surgeon, you go give them your little blue cloth, blue shield card. And you're like, hey, snatch it, snatch it, lift it, poke it, and cut it off. That ain't how it works. That stuff is optional. 
So if you want some plastic surgery, you, you, you got to pay that thing up front. Up front. So the plastic surgeon don't have to wait for his money. He, he, he said, Dad, so if I'm good, I can charge more? I said, who? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Start doing a few numbers. He goes, that thing I'm going to be. This is about two years ago. That thing I'm going to be a plastic surgeon. So I thought if that was C, but I was still on his, on his, you know, on his radar. I said, Quat, I said, so if you're not going to play lacrosse, what do you want to do? I, I thought he was going to say be a plastic surgeon. He said, I'm starting not to think about plastic surgery. I think I want to be a heart surgeon. <laughs> thought that was interesting. I said, so, buddy, why do you want to be a heart surgeon? Because, Dad, I want to do something that helps people. See, that's the answer that I'm looking for. See, I, I'm starting to know something about my son. He's not made for a cubicle. If we put Quad in a cubicle, he, he's like his mother. He'll go crazy. She has to be able to walk around and look at leaves and trees and, you know, flowers. And Quad is like his mother. I'm fine with a cubicle. Just give me a cubicle and some good internet. Quad can't be the type to sit over in a cubicle. He, he has to be engaged. He, he's, a man, he's a hand guy. He got to be putting his hands on something. And I thought about something. It's about his design that this conversation allowed me to see. He's good with the pressure of keeping the ball out the net. Because that brings life. Equals a win for the team. Quite talking about. See this is his spirit being unpacked. This is how God has made him. My job is to create the space. And the place for him to discover. And to experiment. And to dream. But when Quite said I want to be a heart surgeon. Whether he is or isn't. I can bet you that Quite will be alright. In high stress environments. See some of y'all crack under pressure. But when you cut open and a man talking about your heart, your thumper, that thing that if it stops, you stop. You know, you need somebody that's calm under pressure that can take it. That's all right. And being in front of a goal that can keep, you, you know, you deal with pressure well. I hope I'm helping somebody here. I, 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 know, I know I've been criticized of not preaching Bible before, not using enough Bible. I haven't used a lot of Bible yet. But I got to help you understand with a living epistle. According to the book of Quad, there's some principles that you can learn from your life. Would, would, you, would you look at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Boy, that, that verse screams at me. That verse absolutely screams at me. It says that God has first put something in me. But that the only way it comes out of me is if God brings it out. See, that the excellence of the power may be of God. So what's in me has power. Are y'all saying this? I ain't making, isn't, that what they, isn't that what's up on the screen? Yeah, so I got something in me, earthen vessels, 
earthen, earthen, that's us. I got something in me that the excellence of the power. So what's in me, when God brings it out of me, somebody go, go oh, my God. Oh, that is amazing. Y'all don't know when to shout, do you? When, when, when God pulls out of you and puts on display what he's put in you, folk around you will recognize and will, oh, my goodness. He says, I got this treasure in these earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God. Read those last words. And not of us. Okay. Defining moment here. Defining moment. If you're trying to make yourself shine. uh, um, I'm good at certain things. Because I have a skill to do them. But, but whenever I start flowing in purpose and tapping and accessing the gift that God has placed on the inside of me, folk want to know, well, how in the world did you do that? Oh, there's a really live, real example. I, I would, hey, hey is, is there any way? No, nah, I don't want to lose an audience. I, I'll tell you all the story later. Uh, j- just remind me. Um, See, what can I tell you that, um, okay, um, jealousy around the mic. Jealousy around the mic. Okay. All right. I, y- y'all, we tell you when we stop streaming. Tell you when we stop streaming. Okay. Definition of purpose. Look at this. Definition of purpose. Here, here it is on the screen. Definition of purpose. The reason for which something is done or the reason it is done in a particular way. All right. So we all got purpose. All right. Now look at what. Destiny is. Remember, destiny has to hit purpose. Um, a predetermined state, a condition foreordained by God. Uh, the fixed order of things, invincible necessity, fate, and irresistible power or agency conceived of as determining the future, whether in general or as, a, as an individual. So my purpose, when I'm walking in purpose, it'll lead me somewhere. Someplace that God has already determined. But now... What 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 reminds us of, it puts another ingredient in the gumbo. What 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, but we have in this earthen vessel, that the excellence of the power may be of us. What it's saying is that what God deposits in us are gifts, callings, skills, abilities, and anointings. Did you hear that? In the, in the midst of walking out your purpose and getting to your place of destiny, God has deposited in you gifts, callings, skills, abilities, and anointings. Your purpose does not include something that you cannot be skilled in or can't be graced to get it done. Amen. Well, that was a powerful statement. <clears throat> your purpose... Does not include something that you can't be skilled in or cannot be graced to get it done. I ain't going to be no underwear model. One thing you never have to worry about is walking through Macy's or J.C. Penney's, wherever you buy your underwear. And like, oh, that, that's, that, that's pasta on the front. You ain't got to worry about that one. 
Y'all, I don't care how much I starve myself. I, I don't care. Why some of y'all laughing that hard, Dre? I don't, I don't. I got a six pack somewhere in the, some, somewhere. Anatomically, I got what the underwear models have. But my mama big bone. I will never have the skills, abilities, anointings to be an underwear model. Y'all ain't going to forget this one. That ain't my purpose. God didn't make me like that. I don't have to be an underwear model. I will wear them. But when somebody walks in their purpose, it blesses others. Oh, my goodness. I went too fast, didn't I? When, when y'all, y'all still trying to, y'all, y'all got an image, don't you? Real talk. You don't have to do it all. To be blessed or to be a blessing. All you got to do is what God has called you to do. Be who God has made you. Look at how God unpacks our treasure. Ah, before I go there, before I go there. Put up 2 Corinthians chapter 4, um, verse 7 again. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. It, it says, but we have in this earthen vessel... Um, the excellence of the power that, that, that is of God. I, I need somebody to give me a Bible that, that you got your Bible turned there because I, I messed it up. You're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, you're at verse 7. I need somebody to just give me, bring me a Bible real quick. I need to read you. Okay, perfect, perfect. Good, 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 good. Stand right here, stand right here. All right. Um, you took this out the hotel? I'm joking with you. I'm joking. I'm joking. And we have verse seven. Uh, I didn't get into the scripture, so don't worry about it. But we have in this we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Verse eight. If you're following along in your Bibles, it won't be on the screen. We are troubled on every side. Okay. So where is the treasure? Y'all, this ain't hard. Where is the treasure? It's in us. All right. So now when it come out, it's going to be a stunner. It's going to get people's attention. It's going to be something amazing. All right. Now look at how God gets it out of you. Verse 8. We got trouble. On every side. Touch your neighbor and say, he's just trying to get something out of me. He's just trying to, he's trying to get something out of me. Thank you. But, but, but have you noticed that your trouble it says, we're trouble on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted. Well, what is he doing? What is he doing? 
Come on, what was he doing? Huh? What was he doing? He getting it out of us, right? And how does he get it out of us? He he sends us through he sends us through trouble, he sends us through perplexing situation, he sends us through haters, persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. God uses uncomfortable, hard stuff. Balls being thrown at you at 90 miles an hour, making investments to be somewhere, wearing stinky pants, but you still love lacrosse. It amazes me how folk come to Jesus and think trouble's supposed to stop. Like, oh, let me, let me try Jesus. Cause, cause I, I, I want to live. I want to live a blessed life. I, I, I want to. I'm, I'm highly favored. Yeah, like all your most time. Can I be real with you? The closer you get to God, the more hell you catch. Do I have a witness? Make, make, make the commitment. Say you're gonna live right. Then your spouse start tripping. Like, girl, this is the exorcist moment. Where you come from? I'm just trying to get right with God. Why? Because God is using trouble and pain and pain and, 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 and all this other kind of stuff, confusing situation to get out of you what he's put on the inside of you. Here, here it is. Here it is. The way we get to our purpose, God uses problems. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Oh, no. I, I went too far. I went too far. I went too far. It, it says we are hard-pressed, but not crushed. We're hard-pressed, but not crushed. crushed. Um, this is a picture of crushing, squeezing. Uh, imagine a grape. If I had a grape up here and I applied pressure, the skin that was holding the meat together around the grape it would get past its point of tension with my press and the grape the skin on the grape would tear and the grape would pop the harder I press the more juice in it that comes out I can't preach all of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, but, but, but he says, he says, I'm hard pressed. Do, do y'all got it? Do, do, do y'all have it? That, that's not good English. Do you all have it yet? Um, uh, the harder you press a grape. All right. What pressure does is it breaks the skin on the grape. And when the skin breaks, the meat that's in the grape is exposed. And there's a high concentration of water and sugar that's in the meat that's being held by the skin. So when the skin breaks and the meat is exposed, the sweet stuff comes out. Watch this. Watch this. The grape doesn't understand why it's being pressed. The grape never gets to drink its own juice. You can do a whole bunch with some squeezed grapes. You can make 
some grape juice or you can have some communion. Your neighbor wasn't laughing. Go, go and tell him, tell him your revelation of what I mean when I say communion. But the grape has to be pressed first. The, the winemaker isn't trying to be mean to the grape. But he knows that in order for the juice to come out, he's got to bring some trauma to the grape. And that's what God is doing to a lot of us. He's squeezing us. He's getting juice out of us. God crushes you to make what's in you come out so that he can make out of you what you didn't even know was possible. So when your gift comes out and you become displayed, you're like, oh my goodness. I didn't even know all that was in me. Wow. And how'd you get there? Through some crushing. Okay, all right. So now I kept trying to get ahead of myself. So God uses problems to get you to purpose. I'm not going to finish this. Um, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Genesis 2, verse 15. This is the creation narrative. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. I'm, I'm going to read the J3V version. Then, then the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden, and said, now work. God made a perfect environment. I mean, the, the seal wasn't even broken on the Garden of Eden. He had made it perfect. And then he took Adam and he put him there. And he said, now go work. Go work, son. Go, go work. Can you imagine being Adam? How, what, what, what am I supposed to do? I know what Adam did. He went down to the local library and he checked out a book, How to Tend the Eden Garden. There were no books. Y'all don't, don't even see me coming, but I'm about to bless you. Adam couldn't Google taking care of gardens. He couldn't put help out on the internet, on social media, on Instagram or Facebook, say, uh, how did you tend your garden? Because ain't nobody else around. I mean, it's just Adam. The, the, the animals weren't talking to him. They didn't know. They got here just the day before Adam did. The horse, he said, Adam said, horse, how am I supposed to do this? Horse goes, <laughs> a lot of help you are. All Adam had was a problem and a problem solver. Ah! 
was good. All he had was a problem. And somebody that specializes in fixing them. Last time I did that, I split the stage wide open. I better slow down. I don't care if you don't know how you're going to solve your problems. You just keep looking at the problem. What you are not considering is who puts you in it. Oh, boy. I, 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 I need somebody. I'm, I need... I need somebody to say something. Oh, I got to fan myself. I'm on fire. This preacher on fire. Oh, that's good. You keep talking, oh, I got my bills. Oh, I got my wife. And my dog, but she ain't naked. Right? These old never-hit children of mine. And I got this boss. Who think you got? It puts you in the middle of the problem. When I got a problem, I got a problem solver. So what God was doing, he was putting Adam and stuff over his head. So that the problem would drive Adam back to the one that made him. Me and Annette are going to run a lap around the church here in just one minute. He creates the garden and sticks him in it. All right. Skip down to verse number number 19. Verse number 19. Out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air. Would y'all read those next few words? And brought them to Adam to see. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Verse 19. Come on, let's read it. Out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air. And, and what? And brought them to Adam. Okay? All right? So God said, I'm going to make a problem. The problem is naming the animals. Y'all see that in the Bible? See, and he wanted to, God wanted to see what Adam would call them. So God makes a problem, brings it to who he made. And he says, now, I wrote something on your spirit. I made a deposit on you. I loaded something in your software, on your operating system, that you're going to have to tap the hard drive. And whatever you say this problem is that I brought to you, that's what it's going to be. Question. When was the last time you read an article about elephants no longer being called elephants? Or kangaroos not being called kangaroos? Here it is. Whatever Adam named it. Oh, that's what it was. 
But the only way Adam was able to name it was that God had to put him in the middle of a problem. Am I helping anybody? I mean, I got three minutes left. Start saying about five years ago, five, six years ago, I was doing some coaching. I started saying, I'm made for a mic. One day it just came out my mouth. I'm made for a mic. Made for a microphone. Made for a mic. The person I said it to goes, <clears throat> well, all right, then I guess you're supposed to just keep on talking. They, they didn't know. They didn't know. What, what I knew about me, God was showing. I'm, I'm made for a microphone. In, in the preparation of this, of this sermon, I, that phrase came back up. I'm made for a mic. Then I started thinking back through my childhood. I, I knew as a boy I was made for a mic because I started preaching at eight, at nine. In college, I started focusing on seminary because I knew I, I was made for my, I went through the University of Georgia in less than three years. And at the end of my freshman year, I didn't have enough credits to be a sophomore. But I applied myself and worked my behind off because I knew I was made for a microphone. When I got to seminary, finally, I was trying to hurry up and finish seminary so I could get back home to the pulpit to preach because I knew I was made for a microphone. When we got ready to start the church, folks started telling me all these different church planner boot camps and all these organizations well when you're gonna start here when we're gonna start nope you need to do it at least 12 months and go through the book if you want our help if you want this and I don't care about none of that kind of stuff I'm made for a microphone all I need is some people and somebody something to say I know I'm made for a microphone I could look back over my whole life and see I've been made for a microphone what's in you What's in you that, that is consistent through your life? Watch now. My seasons changed. My purpose never did. You feel me? You feel me? High five. High five. High five. My season changed. But my... I used to preach in the youth church at Salem. That season ended. But I kept on preaching. When I went, when I went to college... I start preaching. I come home sometime to preach and preach in other little cities and so forth. I, my, my season ended, but my purpose never did. When I was in seminary, I, I started going to different churches and preaching and so forth. And, and this, that, never. My, that, that ended. That itinerant preaching ended, but my purpose never did. I spent 10 years serving my father. That season ended, but my purpose never did. In January, the church will be 12. It's been a good season. I don't know when it's going to end. But I'll tell you one thing. My purpose, I'm made for a microphone. It'll never end. Here, here's my point. you got to look at where you are. Quad said he already knows. Once I get to college, that's about it. Then I'm going to go start helping other folks some other kind of way. His season will end, but his purpose won't. Um, okay, I got one, two, three more points, and I got 46 minutes. I've already been 
screaming at y'all. So what am I going to do? I'm going to give you some highlights. Here it is. There is no substitute for fulfillment. Okay. Some of y'all don't know what I mean. There's no substitute for fulfillment. Trying to pay attention to my health and trying to eat differently. And, you know, I used to lift heavy. Somebody said, why you lift heavy? Because I got big shoulders. I grow really big and fast in my shoulders and in my chest. So I figured the bigger I get my chest and my shoulders, the more it'll hide this because the shirt just kind of goes straight down over it. Okay, so I, don't, I, I, I just kept getting bigger. So I you know, changed my mind, changed my mind up a little bit, eating right and trying to get my cardio in and doing high-intensity training. And so, so this past, uh, one day this past week, well, that stuff hit the hit. It's called hit. H I I T. High intensity training. But it will. Oh my God. So you know you get the you get the. Uh, um, I did three different sets, three different exercises in one set, and so you get these twenty pound barbells, and you get on your, you get in a push up position, and you lift up one, and you put it down, and you lift up two, and you put it down. You get to ten. And then you go and get 20-pound dumbbells, and you sit them on your shoulders, and you squat all the way down, and you come all the way back up. Get 10 of those in. And then you take the push-up, the, the same bars, and you lift them straight up, down, and then squat and straighten up. Then I went and got on the little box jump thing, and you jump up on it seven times. You do it you do seven rounds. You just jump up on that seven times. Then you get the 30-pound weight, and you squat again. And then you get, is that Jesus? Okay. So, so then you lay on the, on the mat, and you get seven sit-ups in. Bob, so tired when I finished, and I left that gym. I do have me a donut. And I'm like, this just, this. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'd have a donut. <laughs> I just, I promise. I, like my grandma said, I clap for God. I promise I did not eat a donut. <laughs> the next morning I woke up and I was, I was kind of all right, you know. But that second morning I got up, I said, oh my God. Oh. Oh. I was having problems putting my pants on. But you know what? I went back to the gym. It was a good hurt. That's how fulfillment feels. That when you do hard stuff, the right pain will make you go do it again. And see, some of us just keep existing and we're not being fulfilled. We're running from problems. Instead of, and, and when, when and we, we seek comfort, not a problem. But there is no substitute to being fulfilled. Start showing folk your bruises. Take a look at that one. That's a, that's a good one right there. Look at this one right here. 
Oh, I've been so fulfilled with this church. It's been some nights I didn't, I, I didn't know what was going to happen next. And are they going to come? And we don't have enough money, but, but something about it. Me and this girl, we keep getting up and doing it again because our purpose has intersected. Different gifts, calls, anointing, skills, and ability. And there's a fulfillment that's here that we know that God wants to do more. And we got to figure out this problem. Now, hold on. What is it? Is it a spiritual problem? Is it a natural problem? Is it a marketing problem? Is somebody under curse? Is there a witch involved? And what am I supposed to be? But it's fulfillment. It hurts, but it hurts so good. Squeezed by the hand of God. A few folk look like according this morning like the wine that comes from this vessel because there is no substitute for fulfillment. If you are hunting, if you are looking, if you're looking for comfort, quit because you'll never be satisfied. I got to give you these last two real quick. You, you have to invest in unpacking yourself. You have to invest in unpacking yourself. Did you hear what I said? You have to invest in unpacking yourself. And when you don't make the investment, God will send somebody else to you that will. To unpack what's on the inside of you. I can't go too much further than that one. Here's the last one. Try new opportunities. Had a date night this past Friday. Went to this really good restaurant accidentally. Restaurant we were trying to go to. They were closed. Private party. Went to this new restaurant. Look at the appetizers. They start talking about this crab. I like crab cake, you know, hot. This was cold. Lady, my wife says, ma'am, can you explain to us what this is, what this one's about? She goes, it's just, it's uh, a crab meat, lumps of crab meat, and just a little bit of oil, and put a little salt, crushed salt, uh, sea salt, and pepper on it, something else they put in it. Serve a little side of those little, uh, little side toast. Man, that crab was Oh. But I never would have had a foodie experience if I hadn't tried it. I'm going to learn to play bass. Yeah. I'm the best air bassist in the whole world. I, 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 I tried it one time. I went and bought a bass, bought an amp. And I started church and I quit. I didn't have time to invest. I believe in me. There's a mean bass player. Wilkins, you missed your cue, man. You missed your cue. You missed your cue. There, 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 I got it, but I got to invest in order for it to come out. I got I to give it the right time. I got to find a teacher. I got to make time in my schedule. So what's in me, I'll never see if I don't invest in it. One question, one question, last question. What is in you that you know is there that you're not paying attention to? That you're not 
investing in. Last scripture, and Tim is playing quietly. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 2. Isaiah 44, verse 2. Thus says the Lord, who made you and formed you from the womb, who will help you? You missed it. God says, the Lord who made you and formed you, he puts you together in the womb. Don't skip to verse 2. Don't try to get the rest. But the one who made you puts you together in the womb. What does it say? He will help you. When you get serious about unpacking your purpose, God, God has placed you here. Stop talking about what you don't have. I don't have money for a coach. I need a mentor. Who did Adam have? The problem solver. I believe in mentors. I believe in paying for taking classes, this, that, and the other. But what will not stop me is because if I do not have what I need now, I ain't got to worry about it. God put me here. God created this thing. The Bible says he who formed me and made me in my mother's womb, he will help me. Lord, I thank you for help. I thank you that this problem is solved. And when I start solving problems, what comes next? Fulfillment comes. Ooh, that felt good. It's a good hurt. Okay, now I got a few resources. Let me invest in myself because this is how I know that God has made me. Is any of this, has any of this made any sense to you? Would you just clap your hands and, and thank the Lord for having spoken to you? For God having spoken to each of you. Let's stand. Let, let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. We're about to dismiss. We're about to dismiss here in one second. I believe today can be a game changer for some of you all. I believe this, this sermon series has been a game changer for some of you all. And I also believe there will be people in here that will show up September 2018 and would have forgotten everything that God said in September 2017. I just don't believe that God is raising up a people that are, will pursue him. And we'll trust what he brings to them. Would you just lift those hands? Just lift your hands. Father, I pray for every hand that's lifted. I pray for every hand that's lifted. I pray for every hand that's lifted. Thank you that you've, you've imprinted on us, in us, purpose. And that you're, you're GPSing us to the right place. You're leading us to the right people. I, I wonder if you have enough faith to just thank God. For the problems he's placed you in. Just thank the Lord for the problems he's placed you in. He knew what he was doing. God knew exactly how he had made Adam. And he knew that what he had made would bring out the best in Adam. I bless you to see the best of you come out of you. That the problems, the right problems that you're in will produce amazing wine. That you will be crushed. You will experience trauma. But amazing wine. Amazing wine. I'm looking at, I'm looking at wine vats. I'm looking at wine vats. That God is squeezing you to bless others. He's squeezing you to bless others. Now I pray that you will bring an end to the problems that you shouldn't have. 
So, some of y'all keep nurturing relationships that aren't going anyway. End that problem. Remove yourself. I call the problem that is wrong, that is not in season, to a close. I bless the courage in you to end it. I bless you not to care about what folk think, what they going to say, if they going to block you on Instagram. So what? You want right problems only. Right problems only. Right problems only. Father, thank you for this. And we come into agreement with what heaven has said about us. Well, what has been settled in heaven? Well, what heaven has said about us. With what has been said in heaven. We come into agreement with that. We come into agreement with that. And we thank you for your amazing work. We thank you for your hands on our lives. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we're not going to rush past this moment, but if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you're not on your way to heaven. You're not on your way to heaven.